Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Minutes with Butte. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to be back with you here and. What is always a very exciting time to talk with Scott Muchin, former BC quarterback and IMG sideline reporter uh, for the BC Eagles. But now, especially this week, a lot going on, a lot happening. Uh, BC approves to 7-2 and two with a nice win on the road in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech. And uh, we found out on, I think, late Saturday night, early Sunday, that college game day will be coming to Chestnut Hill, the Heights, for the third time as Clemson, the Clemson Tigers, Come north to square off uh, mid-November tilt uh, with the Eagles with the Atlantic Division really on the line here, Scott. So first of all, Scott, thanks for joining us. And uh, just like to get your thoughts really right now, the height for BC football. It's amazing where this program has come from just in the last two to three years. Absolutely. And it, it would be uh, it would be a nice night if Clemson was here playing for them to be playing in this weather with the uh, the pouring rain and the, the cold today. But uh, I think it's actually going to be a lot colder on uh, Saturday, which should help the Eagles. But, uh, yeah, this team is, uh, to tell you the truth, Mike, this is where I expected these guys to be at the beginning of the year, to tell you the truth. They, uh, they're a talented team with a lot of experience. This is a, this is a year in the uh, in the Atlantic Division where some of the other teams have lost some guys. Where you know Louisville's lost Lamar Jackson, and some other teams have uh, you know just on what they were. Florida State lost their their head coach. So you know BC, I expected them to be in this situation, but you know the energy that's going on right now and the excitement around this program is, is well deserved for for Steve Adazio and his program, but also well deserved for a lot of the seniors in this class who have been through a lot and have grown. Um, on the you know on the fire you know on the run and in the fire right away so it's it's a real good testament to to this senior senior crew at BC. Yeah, no question about it. You can really see the talent emerge last year. Uh, obviously, AJ Dillon midway through the year, and but then there was a lot of injuries last year. So for the most part, they've avoided the injury bug this year, and as a result, that's where you are seven to two. You're right. The teams are down. NC State lost to Syracuse really helped to propel this game with the division. Uh, Atlantic Division helping BC control their own destiny. But first, Scott, why have you here? Let's go back last Saturday. First, tell our Eagle fans what it was like in Blacksburg, the atmosphere, and uh, always, no matter what the record, a great setting for college football in Blacksburg, Virginia. Well, it's a great place to go see a game. The crowd is electric. They're always very excited. They're right on top of you the way Lane Stadium's built. Um, obviously, the Enter Sandman tradition that everyone knows you know, so well about right now, leads the team out. But their fans are just very into their program, and they can't, you know, they can't support them enough. And it's, it's a tough place to play as it's loud. And BC, BC went down there, and they didn't start very, you know, <laughs> what they were looking to do. And, you know, right away down 14-7 to at half, but then made some great second-half adjustments and, and really just put Virginia Tech team to bed. And it was a – it's been a – Kind of an impressive run as to how the last couple games BC has made adjustments to what they're seeing on the field, offensively and defensively. 
and, and propel that to a, to a victory over a, over a quality uh, conference opponent. Interested to get your thoughts as a former quarterback, Anthony Brown, his performance on Saturday. First half, obviously, uh, that play on the near sideline, on the TV side, I should say. Uh, I forget who the receiver was, but wide open. It would have been six points for BC. But then you're right. Second half seemed to come uh, and emerge a little bit and was much better. Well, I thought it's, it's a good good observation. His first half, he Virginia Tech's the type of defense, as, as we kind of mentioned last year, that uh, excuse me, last week in the pod, that they're a defense that really likes to get uh, to get penetration to cause some disruption in the backfield and really make you you know make you make a lot of mistakes and then capitalize on those mistakes, whether they're turnovers, negative plays, uh, or penalties. And in the first half, BC had you know, an opportunity in the first series. Travis Levy's wide open in the flat, and if you know Anthony puts the ball on him, it's at least a 30-yard gain, if not a touchdown. And then Michael Walker running wide open down the right sideline in the second quarter, where that would have been another touchdown. And if you put those points on early in the game, you know it changes the outlook because then Virginia Tech would be trying to play catch-up. And BC's defense so good versus the pass that when when you're forced to to be one. You know, one-dimensional in that situation, you kind of play into BC's hands. But to his credit, it's two-half football. You know, two half, it's a two two halves to play. And he came in the second half and was seven for eight after an eight for 18 first half and really made some really key throws, used his legs to help, you know, move some drives along and, and really kind of shook it off. And it's not easy to do that in a place like Lane Stadium in, in Blacksburg with that crowd getting on you and with the hype of them, you know, BC being ranked again and, and trying to, to get a road win in conference. And to his credit, he really showed some poise in that second half and really commanded the huddle and showed some great leadership. So a lot of kudos to him on how he bounced back after a, you know, a tough first half. And how about the defense, Scott, on the second half, holding Virginia Tech to seven points? Yeah, and, and that was the thing where you saw great job by Anthony Campanelli and Jim Reed making the adjustments. Virginia Tech and Ryan Willis had a strong first half. You know, in the first half, Ryan Willis was 16 for 19, two touchdowns, two great throws for a touchdown, uh, for touchdowns. And one point that kind of was a turning point for that defense is at the end of the first half, Will Harris came free on a blitz and got a big shot on, on, on Ryan Willis. He wasn't the same quarterback after that hit. You know, he, yep. in, the second, in the second half, I believe he was 9 for 23 with an interception and a touchdown. But he just wasn't that same guy that was standing in there with a lot of time and throwing the football. He wasn't stepping in and throwing in as much. BC gets a big interception by Brandon Sebastian that, that really turned the rest of the tide in the second half. Yep. And to their credit, they they did a good job of taking away that easy slant by an obvious passing downs. They moved Isaiah McDuffie down as a down lineman, and then on the snap they dropped him right into that quick slant zone, which took away – that first read for Ryan Willis, and they struggled moving from his second and third read, and then they didn't have very good success running the football. So once they took that away, that defense really rose to the occasion and, and made some good plays. And it wasn't necessarily with a fierce pass rush because, you see, they didn't get any sacks, but they caused disruption in the throwing lanes and didn't give them a lot of clean looks. You know, Virginia Tech started the second half with three consecutive three-and-outs and then an interception. So that that's just you know, stellar defense on their part and really helped give the offense a chance to get going. Um, you know, A.J. Dillon wasn't himself by the end of that game. He still gets almost close to 100 yards. But, you know, the next guy up in that huddle, it's now the fourth time you're talking about a running back that stepped up, and Travis Levy was the guy this week, and he really deserves a lot of credit for 
putting the offense on his shoulders as well. No, no question about it. You got me thinking as you're talking. Did you see AJ after the game on the plane ride? Was he walking okay? BC has said he's a game time decision. Um, I have to figure he will play at least a little bit for Clemson. Yeah, it's tough because of the, with the natural grass of that field, it's, it, there's a little more give, so you don't have that stability when you put your foot in the ground and make some of those cuts, and I think that will help uh, this week, this weekend because you're back playing on the artificial turf of alumni. But you just don't know with that injury. It's really tough. You're probably not going to be 100% until you get some significant time off, which will be in the bowl. Uh, the bowl preparation, so you're not going to see the A.J. Dillon we all grew accustomed to, but you're so spoiled that he still gives you 100 yards, basically, um, you know, one and a half legs after he gave you 150 versus Miami, which was the number one ranked defense in the country when he came when they came to town. So still 75% for him to do that against quality opponents is such a testament what, to what a talent and leader he is. I imagine you're going to see – him out there on Saturday night. It's just too big of a stage, and, and you, you'll notice this, that big-time players always raise their game when the lights are brightest, and I can't imagine A.J. not being on the field for the Eagles. You don't know how many carries you're going to have from him, but he's definitely going to be out there in some capacity. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. You know, and at least he he creates a problem, a spacing problem, where play action can be set up with just his presence on the field. Well, Scott, let's let's also just recap the game in terms of what are negatives there's always negatives what are some negatives do you think the team will work on as they look ahead towards Clemson coming off this Virginia Tech game well you know the their third down conversion in the second half wasn't very good I believe BCN offense was 0 for 7 on on third down in the second half uh I think their ability as, as we touched on earlier is when you're playing big games against quality opponents and when you're playing a team like Clemson that's coming up, um, you have to capitalize on those big plays when they present themselves. Yep. Because you don't get many chances. There's three to five times a game, and they may be on offense, defense, or special teams, but if you miss those moments, it makes winning that game so much harder. And I think if, you, if you're looking to like a key for this week's game, it's they really need to capitalize on those big plays when they present themselves. And, and a lot of that has to do with Anthony, I think, it's, it's fair or unfair is that the quarterback, with, as they say in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. So, you know, <laughs> that comes with the position. And I think he's at that stage right now where he's close to 20 career starts where he's going to have to raise that, that, that level of his game. And whether it's using his legs or using his arm, they're really going to need him to be on, on peak performance to get that done. Um, and defensively, I thought it's good. You saw two young guys that really rose up. Isaiah McDuffie continues to make a name for himself with 13 more tackles. Brandon Sebastian with an interception and 10 tackles. You're talking with a redshirt freshman and a sophomore there contributing. Um, I think you, you want to see some more, uh, you know, some more quality and stop some of that quick pass game and some of the quarterback run. But to tell you the truth, defensively, after they made their adjustments and, and kind of tightened up their coverage and their schemes, I thought that was – they did pretty well. 
Uh, offensively, besides getting third down, some maybe a little more fluidity in the passing game. But as you're coming to Clemson, it's it's just a totally different ball game than playing against Virginia Tech, which is you know has a lot of has had a lot of injuries and some and some losses to that team where they've lost some guys that they don't have a lot of depth. And BC was able to, to really kind of wear that team down and, and let that quality offensive line take over because no matter how much you guys want to mention the the great play by the running backs. The fact that you have four different guys do it basically is, is saying that the offensive line is really dominating the line of scrimmage, and that's that's really the, the fact that that needs to be addressed with the the performance by those guys. They have done a great job all year, and they continue to to do that and, and win the line of scrimmage battle for the Eagles. Scott, last couple of minutes we have here. I like to get into your mindset as a former player, QB. You play in a lot of big games, whether it be high school, college. What's this hoopla? What, what as a player? How does it affect you if, if it does at all with college game day coming, everyone around campus talking about the game? You know, you're the man. How, how, do you, how does that work as a player from a player's perspective? Well, if you're a big-time player, as I mentioned, you embrace these moments because they don't come by very often. And they say, they say this, and it's kind of, uh, you know, in Miracle, or they say it, or, or I, and, and as well as in, in Hoosiers, is that you have – very few times in your life where you have a chance to be great in a moment. And I'm paraphrasing from these movies, but you, you, as an athlete, it's, it's a very short, finite life where you're on that pedestal and where you get to feel that adoration and that, that love from whether it's alumni, whether it's your school, whether it's your coaches, whether it's you know family that are across the country that are watching your game. You have so small amounts of time in which you have that moment to embrace that you just have to just grab it and just jump right in and do it. Like some some people are so afraid of making that mistake or being known for this is that I, I guess the biggest advice I give to people in big games is that you embrace that moment and just be who you are. Don't try to be anyone that you're not. Don't try to do the work of 2,000 people. Just do your job. And everyone's job's different. That's true. But if everyone kind of focuses and just plays for the love of the other guys in that room and with one common goal and no fear – in their hearts, is, is that's that's the stuff that you that's the stuff where you're successful. Because when you have that that brotherhood together in that moment where you're all pushing towards that one goal and that opportunity for greatness, and you embrace the greatness instead of running from it, then those are the moments where you experience the highest of highs, and that's that's what these guys deserve. I mean, you, these guys have been through a lot. A lot of these seniors came and and played through some tough years where they were forced to play when they necessarily weren't ready. And now's their moment. It's their time in the sun and their time to shine and have their moment. And as a former player, you just you just feel for them because you want them to feel that greatness. Because you'll never you'll never know if you have that chance again. And when you have that moment like this, you just you just want the best for them because it's just such an, an incredible feeling to have. You're right. Yeah, you're right, Scott. That's a good point. A lot of these seniors and juniors, they committed to this program, BC, when it was far from its heights that it is right now. So they should be you know, commended for that. Yeah, it's a great it's a great opportunity, and with the new facilities and what Steve Adato has done there, uh, bringing in AJ Dillon is you know has really helped. But there were guys that came as well came before as well, and this yep. is you know this is the the plan, and it's a credit to BC because in today's college football environment, it's so easy when things don't go well, whether it's one two years in, people always want to start over. 
And a place at BC, it's like you don't have that instant gratification that you have to take some of those lumps when you needed an entire regime change. And to, to, to BC's credit and to Steve Adagio's credit is they stayed the course, and now they're starting to reap the benefits of that. And that's another reason why you want this team to have that moment because you've seen the lowest of lows. And when I'm saying the lowest of lows, it's Wake Forest, three to nothing, losing at home, where it was a comedy of errors. And now you have a moment where I never thought I would see that day where they would be playing in a moment like this or college game day where they have a chance to, to maybe win the, the, the Atlantic Division of the ACC and play for an ACC championship. If you would have told me that after that Wake Forest game, I probably would have rifled something right in your face. But the <laughs> fact that that moment presents itself right now is just, it's just a great testament to them, and you couldn't be happier as an alum and as someone that follows the program and is close to these kids and sees them every week. All right, Scott, last question. What's your Saturday? Gonna tell us your Saturday. What's it gonna be like? What are you gonna check out game day? You gonna special breakfast? What's your what's your plan for Saturday game day? Well, it's you know, it's unique as you'll if you know, for all the listeners to the perch, you'll see that the, the game day producer is actually a BC grad class of uh, class of ninety nine. Uh, Drew Gallagher is a really nice guy. We sat and chatted with him and it's it's a great experience because I know I want to maybe bring my sons to the game. I have three sons, and they have some time to go see the game day experience and maybe meet some of the guys. Uh, game day is now going into its what? This is its twenty fifth year. Yes, twenty fifth yep. anniversary when they went to do uh, Florida State and Notre Dame at Notre Dame, and to to have that moment where to see how that that show has grown over twenty five years. I mean, you look at it. That's when I was seventeen years old. Just as you're like really in your football. The, the, the thick of football, and you've, I've watched game day grow. I've, I've known Kirk Herbstreet since he was in high school. I've known Desmond Howard since, you know, when he was in high school in Cleveland, and then you know all these different guys that are around. It's crazy to see how that show has, has evolved, and it's, it's just such a cool experience for BC, and it's great for the rest of the country to get to experience uh, this and see what BC is all about. It's, it's a chance for... BC to really put itself on the map and, and really making that next step to perennial ACC contender. A lot of credit goes to Martin Jarman. He's done a great job. He is unbelievable with the alumni and with his ability to, to, to listen to what people want, work tirelessly as he, with a young family and everything. He's nonstop, and he really deserves a lot of credit for this as well. And it, it's, it's just going to be a moment where you just kind of celebrate BC and, 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 and the rest of the country gets to see it. You know, we have the red bandana game, and that's a great thing where it's, that's more of a testament to Wells. And this is, this is more of a testament to BC and people that have come before BC, whether it's, you know, Doug Flutie, the 93 team that upset Notre Dame, or the special team that beat Texas and went to the Cotton Bowl, Pete Cronin's team. Like, this is a BC celebration, and this is something that it's well-deserved, and it's, it doesn't happen very often. Like some schools, this happens every year. Well, with BC, it's not that way, and it's something to embrace the moment and see, you know, what it takes to build this program, and then everyone can buy in and continue to help fund that success and continue to have these teams coming back year after year. Yeah, well said. I remember my sophomore year, I think it was, the college game day came. That, that's with the friends hanging out. I think we did like an all-nighter. Uh, it was one of the yeah. When looking back, one of the most fun moments of the college experience. So you're right. It's, I'm glad these undergrads and uh, get to experience it in, in their time around. Right. It's, 
and it's just a you know it's a different place with everything that's changed since then. You've seen the difference on campus as to what it is now as to what it was, and it's a different place. But now the rest of the, the nation gets to see that, and I don't think there's anything more exciting as a BC grad and former player than to, to for that to happen. All right, Scott. As always, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you this week. It should be a fun, a fun weekend at the Heights. Yeah, Mike, and uh, enjoy yourself, and uh, I hope to see you on game day. The crowd's going to be electric, 8 o'clock game. Tailgating starts an hour early again. Martin Jarman did that for the program, so that's another great treat. But everyone, listen, get over to game day. Don't worry about your kids' sports and all that other stuff. Share this moment with, with them. That's more important than any you know, soccer, football, hockey game. Go, go have this moment with your, with your kids at your school and enjoy it because it's a really special treat. All right. We got some parenting advice from Scott Mutrin. There we go. That's a good way to close it out. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that's something to build a, build a reputation on, but, yeah, sure, I'll go out and throw some parenting advice tonight. <laughs> All right, Scott. Thanks so much. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.